He's Pittsburgh born and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. Le'Veon Bell wants what now? According to Aditi Kinkwala, that's the name I nailed. That's the that's name right really there. Well done. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good for me, man. Rally, man. I am looking at you just so impressed You're right now. You're back. You are back. Capable, but you nailed that one. It's good because if I didn't get it, I was going to call her Kinky, and that probably wouldn't have flown. Nope. Aditi Kinkwala. From the NFL Network. Well, once was good enough. (laughs) Don't play with fire. Yeah, just take a while. You can get it, man. She reports that Le'Veon Bell no longer looking for that franchise tag value over the life of a contract. Oh, no. He's looking for $17 million a season, which raises the question. Is he smoking pot again? On what planet is that guy worth $17 million? Look, I'm going to try to get into his headspace. In fact, Brian, can you pass that over here real quick? I'm try to get in the headspace. Let me pack it first. Yeah. I'm try to get in the headspace here of... You want the Kush? Or Le'Veon the, Bell. Or the Sativa here? Uh, sativa freaks me out, man. Okay. Yeah, it just cush me up. We, we vaping it? Is, what, is that what's happening here? Bubba I'm going to hit yeah. this vape real quick. This is great radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, we're getting in the mode here. This is this is actual journalism to feel what you're actually talking about. All right, all right. In about five to seven minutes, I'm gonna hold, be in the headspace. Hold, hold on, real Bell. quick. Take another one because whatever's going on here requires more hits than uh, I have you to just hit that, took. Yeah. Okay, very good. All right. Now getting in the headspace here, Le'Veon Bell. My God, it looks like Detroit in here. I can get behind running backs being valued at $17 million a season. I can. I can actually see that because they touch the ball and their success is independent from a quarterback. Now, a good quarterback can help the running game, obviously. A good offensive line, Brian broke the microphone, can help the running game. But to be a good wide receiver, you have to have a good quarterback. So if I were restructuring the NFL, wide receivers would still get paid a lot. But running backs would get paid a lot, too. They get paid out the ass, and a good player like Le'Veon would get $17 million. But, pal, that's not the way that it works right now. Right now, your value is at $8 million, and the Steelers are saying, we'll give you 13 I think Le'Veon Bell wants the Steelers to yank that franchise tag. This is thinking rationally, right? It can be the only thing. He wants the Steelers to pull the tag so that he can go out there on the free agent market and make buku bucks. That's the only thing that I can wrap my head around as it relates to the $17 million. That makes sense otherwise. It's ludicrous otherwise. And not the rapper. Although we are talking about Le'Veon Bell. Look, I was on his side. And that's what sucks for him. Right now, the public opinion for Le'Veon Bell is down, down the drain. Not good. I was the guy rooting for Le'Veon. 
I was the guy saying he gets his head mashed on every single play. He deserves $14, $15 million a season. He is kind of like the second wide receiver. He will catch 100 balls if he's healthy this year. He's that damn good. I believe that that guy should get paid. But when he starts flip-flopping back and forth and saying things like, yeah, I'll be there the first week, but maybe not till the fourth week. No, I'll show up for training camp. No, maybe I won't show up for training camp. When he's flip-flopping to the public on Instagram and then asking through the media for $17 million, I've had about enough of this guy. The best-case scenario for the Steelers is for him to play this year on the franchise tag. But I'm okay with that being it now. I was always the guy who wanted to see the Steelers sign into a long-term deal because I think you win championships with all pros. The Eagles are chock full of talent. The Patriots, they win all the time because they've got Tom Brady and they got a genius at head coach. But everyone else wins with all pro players. Everyone else wins with talent. And I thought all along, if you sign Le'Veon to a long-term deal, you can allow Ben Roethlisberger to play out his days with the best running back in football. And that gives the Steelers the best opportunity to win a championship. But now... I'm done with the gong show. It's over for me. And I was in his corner. If you lost me, Le'Veon, you're losing everyone. If you lost the millennial who's always on the side of the player and never on the side of the establishment, you lost everyone. Because those people out there don't give a rat's ass about you. The only thing they care about is the dude wearing black and gold putting up numbers. All they care about is your statistics. All they care about is watching you tear up the Ravens on the second Sunday of the season. All they care about is you plunging ahead against a team in the playoffs to give the Steelers the lead. All they cared about was what you did to the Dolphins a buck 70 and the Chiefs a buck 70 in the playoffs 2 years ago. They care about production. They don't care about you. I cared about you, man. I care about people. I'm a softy. I'm a snowflake. I'm a tree hugger, man. I'm a bleeding heart. I care about people over the team. Always, always, always. And I always want to give the player the benefit of the doubt. Not you. Not anymore. It's entitlement. And us millennials get that thrown in our face all the time. You're entitled. You're asking for too much. You haven't done enough. Le'Veon Bell's done enough to get paid. But he hasn't done enough to get paid more than any running back by far in the history of the game. I'm always team player. Always, always, always. Not with this guy. Not today. You lost an ally, Le'Veon. And you lost an ally who's got a show that's growing faster than people know what to do with it. You lost the opinion and the backing of the future number one sports radio host in Pittsburgh. I hope that sits well with you, man. I was on your side. I was in your corner. I was the guy wiping sweat from your brow. And now, I'm throwing in the towel. What say you, Pittsburgh? What say you, heathens? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Jim does. He says, love my new promotion. I just got a few weeks back. This way I get out of work at 4 p.m. and I get to listen to the high-flying circus show and the Adam Crowley show. 
By the way, which sex is the Easter Bunny? Male, female? Great question. That that is a what was his name again? Question. This is Jim. Jim, phenomenal job, man. Wow, yeah, Jim. Jim gets the show. Yeah. Wow. I gotta I, say, female. By the way, I'm looking it up right now. It's well, if it uh, lays it's a eggs. male. It's a male. His name is Peter. That's Peter Cottontail, but is that the Easter Bunny? Is Peter Cottontail the Easter Bunny? It's one and the same. I'm going to put it up on it's my like Twitter It's like St. Nick and Santa Claus. You I, guys talk for a minute here. Got I to don't type. know if Peter Cottontail... Is, is that like an alias? Like, is that the Bruce Wayne to, to Batman? Clark Kent to Superman. Okay. Peter that's Cottontail to the to Easter, Easter Bunny. Because he doesn't want every, all of his enemies knowing that he's the Easter Bunny, because then Peter Cottontail's loved ones will be in danger. That's a good point. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You don't want people raiding the old bunny farm there, coming back and taking Plus, he's out shy. The- you know, he likes to hide the baskets at night when everybody's asleep. He doesn't like to be around people. So I'm sure he wants a life outside of the Easter Bunny. Where's Bugs come into this whole thing? That's Warner Brothers. Hmm. I whole, think he's whole a whole different canon. No, he's not related. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Are there any species of animal? He's a gray bunny. That lay eggs if they're a male? Yeah, like uh, seahorses. Wait. Oh, God. that's a good one, Tom. That's a good one. Yep, that's a really good one, Tom. Science right there. Wow. Is the Easter Bunny a broad? It's time for the five minute major. It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know. Uh, you feel shame, you know. And then you get free. This is the Five Minute Major with Adam Crowley. Penguins and Devils tonight. I didn't forget this time. And I'll tell you what, boys and girls and ambiguous bunnies out there who might be listening. The Penguins are in the best position they could be right now, right this minute. You win tonight. You've got four games then left in the season with 94 points. The Flyers currently reside in third place. If you hang out in second, you get to play the Flyers in the first round. And if you play the Flyers in the first round, one of Washington or Columbus is going to knock each other out in the next round. I'm telling you what right now, that's exactly what you want to see. Rob Rossi was on earlier on in the day. Love Rob. He'll be filling in for me tomorrow whenever I move on to bigger and better things, filling in for Mark Madden. And he said... That you want the Penguins to play the Capitals in the first round. He wants the Penguins to lose to the Devils. He wants the Penguins to fall all the way to the wild card in order to play Washington in the first round. He says the Penguins match up better with them than anybody else they could play. And I fundamentally disagree with Rob Rossi. I take him number two. But Philly has had problems with the Penguins all year long. Four games, five goals a game for the Penguins against Philadelphia. Philly hasn't beaten the Penguins once. Meanwhile, Washington, they're still incredibly talented. Philly's basically 500. Philly is, in fact, 500. 39 and 39 on the season. They got 14 freaking loser points. You know where you don't get a loser point? The playoffs. I'm taking Philly all day long in round number one. And the best way to make that happen? Keep winning. Because you're not catching Washington at this point. They're up seven points with five games to go. You're not catching them. So if you keep winning, you'll remain in second. And you've got Philly one spot ahead now of the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's the best case scenario. Derek Broussard is out for a little while for the Penguins. He's day-to-day 
Josh Yowie of The Athletic is reporting that it is a groin injury. I was worried. Day-to-day, not that bad. Long-term, the Penguins would be in some trouble. Because not only would you not have the greatest hockey player of all time in Ian Cole, but you also wouldn't have your third-line center in Derek Broussard. I have no doubt that Riley Shane can slide up to the third-line role and play well, and you could put Josh Joris in at the fourth-line center spot, and he can play well. But ideally, you don't want to have to do that for too long. They'll be fine. Matt Murray reportedly going to go for the Penguins tonight against New Jersey, and I told you why it's important for the standings. I also think it's important for the old mindset. I'm not like Stan Saverin, where I think the Penguins have to be playing great hockey going into the playoffs. I believe in this team's ability to flip the switch. Uh, They've done it the last couple of years. Albeit at different times, they've still flipped the switch. They can do it this year. But it's that headspace. It's what you worry about. The Penguins have had trouble with New Jersey. If you beat them going into the playoffs, you feel like you can beat them in the playoffs. And there's still a chance that the Penguins could be playing the Devils in the first round. If you play the Devils in the first round, you don't want them to have supreme confidence. You want to know that you just went out on top. You want them to know that we got the last laugh. So beat them tonight. And don't allow them to occupy your headspace. Heather Like did a hell of a job in this coaching search. A hell of a job. We'll talk to Alan Saunders about that next. He's been all over the pit stuff. He's also a writer for PiratesProspects.com. Apparently he wants to make all the money. He'll join us to tell us who needs to have a surprise season for the Pirates to be good and who can't afford to be bad if the Pirates are to be good. That's next. It's the Crowley Show. The early results of the Twitter poll are coming back pretty one-sided. Is Peter Cottontail the Easter Bunny? 73% of the listening audience says no, Peter Cottontail isn't the Easter Bunny. I think that's because the Easter Bunny is female, but we'll get to that later on in the show. The Pirates game today was postponed. It's always raining in Detroit. Probably just about the worst place you could open. Alan Saunders from PiratesProspects.com joins us here on the Crowley Show. Saunders? Peter Cottontail? The Easter Bunny? Yay or nay? Uh, nay, I think. I don't know. I don't have a strong take on on, on rabbits or Easter. Uh, we're talking about bunnies here, Alan. Please take this seriously. <laughs> Alan Saunders joining us here on the program. Alan, Heather Like did a hell of a job by being able to bring in Jeff Capel. She was able to remain calm under, I think, 
a lot of pressure and certainly a bunch of scrutiny. Uh, this is a home run hire from a right now standpoint, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think it was really possible to do much better, especially after they got turned down by Dan Hurley. I think right that you know, the, the fan base kind of started to freak out a little bit. I think the situation with the fans was a bit tenuous anyway, and that, you know, it was going to take somebody that, that really reignited some passion in the fan base to actually turn this job around because they're still probably not going to be very good um, for another year or two. So it's gonna ha- it was going to have to be somebody that people could buy into and had faith that he could turn the program around. And I, I think she found that in a situation where I, I don't think that was particularly likely outcome. Le'Veon Bell just tweeted, it's so hard to be a hero in a city that paints you out to be the villain. This guy's been listening to my show today. We'll get to that coming up in 17 minutes. For the love of God, I want to be your friend, Le'Veon. I want to help you, but you're just you're making it so hard. Back to the Jeff Capel hire. I'm afraid that Pitt fans are going to put too high expectations on this guy. I tweeted this out yesterday, Alan. People took it for me as ripping Pitt. That's absolutely not what I'm saying here. I just saw a lot of people say that Pitt made the home run higher, and while I do think they made the home run higher now, I still think it's going to be a long build to get to where they want to go. And that being the case, I just hope Pitt fans are going to be patient and allow this guy to have some bumps in the road. Yeah, I I hope they do. Um, I think they will, because I think that the one thing that kind of always fuels optimism um, in college sports, even when the team is not good or outright bad, is recruiting, right? Like, when, when a college team is bad, that's when you can, that's where you find, like, the, their most followed reporters are the guys from rivals that, that cover recruiting because they know that, okay, this team, yeah, that's fine. They're, they're not that good. What's happening next? What's coming next? Who's, who's good that's going to be on this team next year, the year after? They want to see that. You see the same thing in the pro ranks. Like when the Penguins were bad in the early 2000s, it was very in vogue to care about uh, what happens in Wilkes-Barre. And uh, it, the Pirates prospects, uh, Friday right for obviously sort of grew out of that. And so Capel's sort of status as an elite recruiter should mean that in not too long of a time, there should be some pieces lined up for the future that will get Pitt fans excited for what's coming next, even if what happens on the floor this next season isn't anything inspirational. Alan Saunders joining us here on the Crowley Show. I think you put that very well. Alan, I don't think that the Pitt program needed to have a guy who was going to be in it for the long haul. I think they needed somebody to come in and turn the program around. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what Capel's plans are in the future, but let's say Duke were to hire him in a couple of years. I think they would do so only because he'd have had success here at Pitt. For him, it's a no-lose situation, and for Pitt, even if he's just here for four or five years and gets them back to prominence, I think that's a home run. Even if it's two years. Yep. And it goes from, oh, well, you know, they're hiring a coach, uh, they hired a coach this year uh, with a roster that just went 0-19 in the ACC, and they're paying the other guy a lot of money not to coach. Uh, even if it's two years and they get to a point where they're, I don't know, 
in the NIT or close to 500 in the ACC, and then all of a sudden Duke is paying them a buyout mm. uh, for Jeff Cable to come coach there, that's just so much a better situation than what they had right now. And so I, I think it's I think some pit fans are some pit fans are fairly fatalistic about things, and they they tend to look at what the worst possible outcome is. But I'll be honest, even if he leaves after two years, as long as it's a successful two years, and like you said, Duke's not going to take him if the first two years have been a disaster. They'll have their pick of any coach in the country. It's not like they're tied to Jeff Capel. Right. I mean, I'm sure they like the fact that he's an alum and he was assistant there. But if the first two years at Pitt don't go very well, they'll find somebody else. So, yeah, I mean, I think even even after a couple of years, if he leaves and leaves things in a good situation, I think that's a huge benefit for Pitt fans, uh, for, for the administration, and it puts the whole program in just so much of a better spot going forward. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's something to worry about. Is Brandon Knight going to be all aboard the Capel Express? I don't know. I mean, it certainly seems like, to me, that if I was Jeff Cable, I wouldn't just be like name dropping Brandon Knight all over the place if he wasn't going to come be right. the coach. So uh, I it certainly sounds like that's that's what's going to happen. It sounds like that's what Jeff Cable wants to happen. I think that's an important thing for Pitt fans. I'm not sure what it is about Brandon Knight specifically, but I just feel like a lot of the Pitt fans that came up as fans during the Jamie Dixon era and have a strong attachment to those teams feel like they need some sense of attachment from what Pitt was to the to the, what Pitt is going to be, and I think a guy that played on on and played at Pitt when Pitt started to get good, and then coached at Pitt when Pitt was good, can sort of be that connection and bring it all together. I don't know. I think that to me is that something that that a lot of fans feel like is important to them. I don't feel like Pitt needs Brandon Knight. I mean, as an assistant coach, there's. 351 Division One basketball teams, you can find more than 20 assistant coaches that are probably all called Jeff Cable today looking for a job. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's something that, that Pitt fans would feel pretty good about, and I like Brandon Knight personally. I think he's a good guy. I think he represents University of Pittsburgh well, so uh, I don't know. I'm all for it. I'm all aboard the feel-good train right now. Uh, anything Heather Light can do, and anything that Jeff Capel can do to make Pitt fans feel a little bit coddled, uh, I think Pitt fans deserve it after everything that they've had to go through these last couple of years. In fact, Alan, I'm happy for Heather Like, man. She was given a sh- uh, crap hand, oh, for the love of God, and she made the best of it. Yeah, I mean, this was, this was a... Uh... This is a seven ten split in bowling, basically. You know, like she, you, you didn't do anything wrong to get there. You, you're there, and and man, this is this. If this hire, I mean, not that it's for sure going to turn out well, but if this hire went poorly, it's that that's pretty much how she'll be defined as yep. an athletic director of Pitt. And that's not really fair, but that's just the way it is. And to be at the job less than a year, and to be put into that situation. In your, not only be at this job for less than a year, but this is the first time she's been the athletic director of a power conference school. That's a ton of responsibility. It's early in her career uh, for that kind of pressure hire to happen, and I think she nailed it. So, yeah, I, mean, I think full. And the other thing is, I, you know, she didn't talk to the media right after she uh, fired Kevin Stallings, and a lot of people in the media kind of, Obviously, we don't like that, uh, but you know there were some some shots fired there, and I feel like 
she came out uh, at that press conference and was very transparent about the process, open about the way she was feeling about things as things went on, very human um, and, and part of that process. You know, I think so often athletic directors just recycle corporate speak jargon uh, that, that doesn't have any personality or any human humanity to it. You know, when she said, like, uh, you know, he said that he's going to sleep on it, and she said, well, I'm not going to sleep uh, because I, I don't know what's going to happen over the next 24 hours. That's a human response, and I feel like she won a lot of fans uh, to, uh, with this hire and just the way she sort of represented herself at that press conference in uh, uh, the Pitt fan base and in the media as well. Ellen Saunders, PittsburghSportsNow.com, of course, PiratesProspects.com. Pirates washed out today. They'll start their season tomorrow if they build a dome over Detroit. Uh, Alan, who needs to perform above expectations for the Pirates to have a chance at being competitive in terms of a wild card spot this year? And who can't afford to be bad? Ooh, uh, I think almost everybody needs to perform at or above expectations. They can't have too many guys. I mean, they, could, they can afford to have one or two guys go through some slumps or whatnot, but they can't have too many guys that are coming in well below where you'd, you'd put them in pencil right now. They just, they're not good enough to have to make up ground uh, from where they're starting from. And then on top of that, they need some of their players that can be really, really good to be really, really good. And the thing is that it's not crazy to say Sterling Marte could be one of the best outfielders in the National League. He's got power. He's got yeah. speed. He's got a cannon arm. He just never put it all together. And it's not crazy to say that Jamison Tyone could be one of the top right-handed starting pitchers in the National League. He had a 338 ERA as a rookie. He went. He's had a ton of things go wrong in his career, most of which has been out of his control. Went through cancer at 26 years old. What is his ceiling? I don't know. He could be really, really good. And it's not crazy to think that he could be really, really good. But they need some of that to happen. And it just feels like over the last couple of years, the Pirates haven't gotten anything like that to go their way. Uh, whether it was, um, you know, established performers struggling like Andrew McCutcheon did over the last couple of years, or guys that have high ceilings not panning out like uh, Tyler Glass now didn't have, it was pretty much terrible uh, as a starting pitcher last year. So some combination of those two things have to go away for the Pirates. Uh, but it's not. There's a lot of things that have to go right, but none of them are unreasonable in you know each piece. It's just that they need a lot to go right to compete. Yeah, I think so, too. Alan Saunders joining me here uh, on the Crowley Show. One guy that I want to see take a step forward uh, after a good year last year is Josh Bell. He looks the part. He seems like a great individual. And I think that it would be a lot of fun to see what that guy could do at PNC Park if his power continues to develop the way that we saw it take that jump last year. Yeah, he's such an interesting hitter and in that he's very talented, very in tune with what he's doing with his swing about making adjustments, very mature approach for a young guy. The fact that he hits pretty well from both sides is pretty remarkable for you know, a bigger guy with a long swing, and you just don't see that. I mean, I think people, when they see him, they, they want to say Eddie Murray or Bobby Bonilla, and those are 20-year-old examples, and that's kind of the best you can come up with because players like that don't come around very often. And so I think that's why he's, he's so exciting of a prospect. But I think there's some 
legitimate questions as to whether he, you know, he was a, he was a 300 hitter in the minor leagues, but he never had the kind of power that he showed last year when he was in the minor leagues. So I, I think there's a legitimate question of whether he can be both in the majors. I mean, can he be a 300 hitter with power or is he going to have to pick one or the other? I think we'll find out this season uh, for sure w- w- what it's going to be, but he has potential there and he's certainly an exciting player. I'm just not sure uh, if he's going to be able to put that all together. Thanks for the time, man. I know you've been busy lately, uh, but it's really good stuff. So we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Have a good one. Alan Saunders, PittsburghSportsNow.com, the AP. He writes for PiratesProspects.com. One day he'll take my radio show. That's the way it goes. He just wants to do everything. Coming up next, the guy that got arrested for a DUI and threatened retirement prior to a playoff game and didn't show up for the practice prior to the playoff game until it was too late and who's always hurt and has been suspended multiple times, says it's your fault, your fault, that he's being treated the way that he's being treated. Brian, you're going to have to pass that over to me again. It's the Crowley Show. Hi, Tom Bodad taking a break from binge-watching my favorite shows. I'm currently on season four of that show about the zombies who live in an English manor, or is it the one where the dragons join a biker gang? I can't really keep track anymore. Must need sleep. Luckily, Motel 6 has great rooms for great rates, so you can catch up on your sleep or use Wi-Fi to catch up on your shows. Oh, this is the one where Motel 6 leaves the light on for you. Sorry. Epic spoiler. That's some good stuff right there, man. I, I'm just trying to get in his headspace, dude. I, man, you'll be oh. asking for $25 million after that hit. We're hotboxing it? ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the forest trail. Hippity hoppity, Easter's on its way. Bring in every girl and boy. Baskets full of Easter joy. Things to make your Easter bright and gay. He's got jelly beans for Tommy. Colored eggs for Sister Sue. Can you use that word? There's an orchid for your mommy. And an Easter bonnet, too. Woohoo! Here comes Peter Cottontail. Hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity hoppity, Easter's on its way. Wow, that was stellar. Doesn't get better than that. Le'Veon Bell just sent this tweet out. Mind you, I've been trying to take Le'Veon's side this whole time. She keeps pushing me away. He's like a scorned lover. He tweets, quote, It's so hard to be a hero in a city that paints you out to be the villain. You can take my breath. 
Le'Veon Bell's been suspended twice. He got a DUI. He talked about retiring two days before a playoff game. He missed the walkthrough the day before the playoff game. He made his bed. This is all his doing. We're not doing anything to Le'Veon Bell. If you go about things the right way, people will like you. Case in point. Sidney Crosby's a damn hero. Oh, captain, my captain. Sidney Crosby knows how to get it done. Andrew McCutcheon. Reviled. Wrong word. Revered in this town. Because he did things the right way. Stan Saverin. People love him. Why? Good dude. Hero. Goes about things the right way. Hero. Hashtag hero. Ben Roethlisberger? Ah, he's had some pushback. People love Malkin. Goes about things the right way. Good dude. Yammer Yager? Said he was dying alive here in Pittsburgh. So they shipped him out. When you say things and do things that should be received poorly, then you can't make it everyone else's fault for you being talked about in a negative light. One of the more underrated songs of all time, by the way. Jack it up. like James Conner, the guy who actually kind of sucks as a running back. You know what I like that guy? Because he signs autographs for kids and he beat cancer. Le'Veon Bell's like, you know what? I'm good and I should be paid like the greatest skilled player in the game and I'm going to be a D-bag about it. That's why people don't like you! When I was younger, I'd sit there in math class, and I'd furrow my brow, and I'd wrinkle my nose, and I'd try to answer the problems, then I'd erase them, and I'd rewrite the answer, and I'd try to erase them, and the answer was never all that clear to me. Never understood what the problem was. Never understood that A squared plus B squared equaled C squared. It never really worked out in my mind. But that was math. I could never understand why I couldn't get the damn answer. I had problems. I had issues. Thank God that's over. It's not all that hard to find out here that A squared plus B squared equals C squared. If you get a DUI and you miss a bunch of games and you're always hurt and you're a jackass in the media and you're flip-flopping left and right and you're asking for more money than any player in the history of the game with the positions asked for, then C-squared is people aren't going to like you. I'm a millennial. Yes, I eat avocado toast. Yes, I can be a little bit selfish. 
Yes, I can be a little bit entitled. Yes, some of the stereotypes stick to me. In fact, something else is sticking to me because my pants are so tight. I got Converse on. I'm like a half hipster, half sports fan doofus. I am a millennial. I fit a lot of the stereotypes. But guys like Le'Veon, they're the ones that really give us the bad name. Guys like Le'Veon make everybody feel like millennials just expect to be handed things. Dude, there's a precedent for what running backs get paid. The Steelers are willing to go above and beyond said precedent, and you're still asking for more money. That's why now, if we're going to go back to equations, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, C squared right now for me is this dude wants to get run out of town. I said it prior to his stupid-ass tweet. I'm saying it again now. Le'Veon Bell is saying, I want out of town. I want cut loose. I want to make 15 mil a season. And if you ain't going to give it to me here, I'm going to do everything I can to get pushed. And you know what? It's just all coming to me at this very moment. All those things I talked about, the saying he's going to retire perhaps, the not showing up prior to the playoff game, the not showing up for training camp, the flip-flopping about whether or not he's going to do so this year, all of that, it has to have been orchestrated, right? This has to have been Le'Veon Bell saying, they're not going to pay me here, so I'm going to try to force my hand to go somewhere where they are going to pay me. This has to be coming from the agent, right? It has to be. It doesn't make sense any other way. You can't be that stupid. I've known Le'Veon. I used to do a show with him. Stan Savern used to host the Le'Veon Bell show, and Le'Veon was a very nice guy. I've always found him to be nice. I've always found him to be bright. But this line of thinking is just stupid unless he's orchestrating the whole thing. Ed tweets, lost for words. Adam wins again. Yeah. I do. John tweets, have you seen a guy more in need of PR guidance? He just can't stop shooting himself in the foot a la Plexico Burst. Plexico Burst, joke wins again. Andrew tweets, even if what he's saying is partly true about the city, vocalizing that fact is not going to endear you to the city that you're talking about. That's spot on. I think the Steelers know what's happening here too, right? I think that's one of the reasons the Steelers went out and got James Conner in the first place. You go out and get James Conner, he's fine, he's okay, he's a guy, he's no Alvin Kamara. He's no Hunt. I can't even think of Hunt's first name, I keep wanting to say Lamar. But that was the former owner of Kansas City. Kamir? Kareem. Nailed it. He ain't one of those two guys, but he went to Pitt, and he survived cancer. And the Steelers, in their last draft class, not only at the running back position, but everywhere, went for the football player. The football player who loves football above anything else. Now, Juju's starting to fall out of that a little bit. Juju's loving himself some Juju. I mean, I get it. Good-looking guy. Scored a bunch of touchdowns. Good-looking guy. What was I talking about? Scored a lot of touchdowns. Scored a lot of touchdowns. That 
rookie class last year was all the good guy. Cameron Sutton, right? Really smart. He room he was a roommate of the quarterback Dobbs, who is an aerospace engineer. TJ Watt said to me last year at the draft, he didn't care where he went as long as it was a 3-4 defense because he wanted to have a head start on the way that they played the game. The Steelers don't want any more Le'Veon Bells. They want talented players, but they don't want any more Le'Veon Bell types who are me, 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 me. God, this guy really has to have effed up to have me calling him out. Seriously, I'm always inclined to love the player. I'm always inclined to stick up for the dude as opposed to the system or as opposed to the man. And the Steelers are the man, the NFL's the system. I want players to get paid. It's a sport that's physically demanding, a sport that might make Le'Veon Bell forget his grandchildren's names down the road. But for me to not be on his side now means he has to have pushed me out of four-story building. Enough, Le'Veon. Enough woe is me. Enough it's everybody else's fault. It's your fault. You're a jackass. You're not showing up for stuff. You're saying you're going to retire a couple of days prior to a damn playoff game. You're not showing up to the walkthrough the day before the playoff game, and it's all our fault for painting you in a bad light. Your actions have repercussions. I said the S-word yesterday on the air, and I almost got fired. That's what happens. When you do something bad and you're two years old, you get spanked. Although sometimes if you do good stuff, you get spanked. Regardless, there are repercussions for your actions. And the fact that you're not the popular one anymore, the fact that everyone loves dancing Antonio Brown more than you, is only your fault. So fed up with this guy. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Kraut. You play that song again, Tom? It just it's beautiful. Is it supposed to be me? You guys are love. awful. It was God. supposed to be you, Tom. No. Tom it was, it was supposed, supposed to be you. No, You're supposed to read Adam the baseball scores. All right, look, we're trying to do a bit here, and you guys, like, between... Look, that was Tom. I, that, was Tom. Right that, was that was Tom. One of that you was Tom. Tom. It's either Adam. you or Tom who suck right now. You right. know who it was supposed to be, and it was supposed to be it was Tom. supposed to be Adam. We were supposed to break up my dialogue with you. Nope. Yes. Nope. It's very unhero-like behavior of both of you. Can we reset this and try it again, maybe? Try to do a damn professional radio okay. show. Who's starting? I'll start. You're, uh, All right, Tom's, Adam's going to start. Nah, yeah, We're going up. with the I'm original gonna plan. Adam's going to start. I'm going to do it as Greg Brown. Can we do that? Uh, let's. Uh, no, no, you can't. We're going to do it the way we planned this damn thing. All right, Tom hits the sounder. Then Tom starts. Then Adam goes. Then I go. All right, let's do this, boys. Hey, everybody. The Orioles are up to the... Oh, for the love of God. Tim Benz is next. It's the Crowley Show. Truck month. Truck month. Truck month. Truck month. Schultz Ford. Truck month. Schultz Ford. Truck month. Schultz Ford. Wexford. Truck month. Schultz Ford. Hummerville. Truck month. Truck month. Truck month. Yeah, it was not you. 
It was not. It was 1,000. It was supposed you, to be you. Nope. Did you guys need to just pay attention and not fight? This is like why we did the show meeting. My name's on the show. So that we My could get these things. The 